48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. Health officials deny that BioNTech vaccine jabs will not be available for toddlers in Hong Kong. Power company CLP and the government have been blasted over the incident that led to 175,000 households being plunged into darkness. And a police officer is claiming compensation from a former student who wounded him in the neck with a box cutter during a protest in 2019. Health officials have dismissed claims from a government pandemic advisor who said toddler doses of the BioNTech vaccine will not be made available in Hong Kong. As Violet Wong reports, the Centre for Health Protection says discussions are still underway. Professor Lau Yulong, who's advising the government on this COVID strategy, called on parents earlier in the day not to wait for the baby version of the vaccine, saying the pharmaceutical company will not sell it to Hong Kong, but also that the government won't find the price acceptable. But the Centre for Health Protection's Chong Shuk Kwan said the administration is still trying to procure the jabs for children aged below five, adding that negotiations with pharmaceutical companies are going smoothly. I understand it's in progress, although we do not have an exact date of delivery. So I understand Professor Lau is he wants to ask people not to try to delay the vaccination because the cases are increasing now and we have observed some uh, serious illness and death cases among the young children. So we will urge the parents to try to bring their children to vaccination as soon as possible. For today, there were 9,901 new coronavirus infections, including 187 imported cases. The hospital authority said 2,667 COVID patients are being treated in hospitals, 13 of whom are in intensive care. A 17-month-old boy who was previously in a critical condition is now said to be stable, while the 15-month-old girl remains critically ill. Authorities also reported another eight COVID-related deaths. Power company CLP and the government have been slammed over their oversight of the maintenance of contingency power systems after it was revealed that a backup feeder for the new territories had stopped working months before a cable bridge fire plunged about 175,000 households into darkness in June. CLP officials briefed lawmakers today on the incident, saying a fluorescent light that caught fire probably caused the blaze. Speaking through an interpreter, a managing director for CLP Power, Chang Tong Kung, admitted his company was aware a cable for one of the backup systems that was routed through the mainland was damaged. It is a backup power source connecting to Tunmun and Tinshui and the route actually would go past um, a certain area. And a few years, I mean a few months before the incident, because of construction work, the backup power supply malfunctioned. And since then, the CLP has been discussing with the relevant parties on repair matters. Unfortunately, on the night in question, the backup set was not yet repaired. Government officials at the meeting said they were unaware of the cable damage because part of it was outside Hong Kong and their jurisdiction. But they added that the cable has since been repaired. New Territories North lawmaker Gary Jung says he's disappointed by the officials' answers. 
A police officer who was injured by a secondary school student with a paper cutter nearly three years ago has filed a claim for compensation in the district court. Maggie Ho has more. A court document says the defendant, Hoi Tim Lik, who is now 21, had attacked Officer Leung Xiu Chang with a cutter during a protest in Kuntong in October 2019. It says the policeman was left with a 3.5-centimeter wound on the right side of his neck, as well as damage to blood vessels, nerves and muscles in his throat. The document did not state how much money Mr. Leung is seeking from Hoi in compensation. The defendant is currently serving a prison term of seven years and nine months for wounding Officer Leung with intent during the protest. To the weather forecast, fine and dry with a minimum temperature of about 27 degrees in urban areas tomorrow morning, a few degrees lower in the new territories. Very hot again later on with a high of about 33 degrees. Moderate north to northwesterly winds, occasionally fresh offshore. The outlook mainly fine and very hot in the next few days. It'll be dry with a relatively large temperature difference between day and night. Occasional showers in the middle part of next week. Currently the observed tree, it's 29 degrees Celsius, humidity at 59%. And please be advised the red fire danger warning is currently in force. You're listening to RTHK. The time is exactly five minutes past 11. The district court says it will impose a confiscation order on the assets of a radio host who pleaded guilty to money laundering and sedition charges. Violet Wong has the details. The court heard that it was reasonable to believe that Wen Yu Sing, also known as Giggs, had handled around $10 million in crime process and that he agreed to having his property worth nearly $4.9 million confiscated. Judge Adriana Noelze said the court would issue a confiscation order and sentence when on October the 7th. The DJ admitted one count of conspiracy to act with seditious intent and three counts of money laundering as part of a plea deal which saw six other similar charges dropped. Wen had raised money for Hong Kong people who fled to Taiwan after the 2019 protests. The court was told he had incited people to resist or overthrow the Chinese Communist Party and had advocated Hong Kong independence while presenting an online radio program over a nine-month period. Two money laundering charges against an assistant of Wen are also being left on file as part of the plea deal. The police say they believe they've neutralised a so-called sextortion gang targeting gay people. They said the gang, based in Jiangxi province, was suspected of swindling $366,000 out of 31 victims in Hong Kong between August last year and April this year. The victims were aged between 18 and 54. Officers say the gang allegedly persuaded victims to download a malicious app designed to steal their mobile phone contacts. They then told the victims to pay a ransom or they would send naked photos or videos of them to their friends or family. Superintendent Wilson Tam from the Cybersecurity and Technology Crime Bureau says naked chat blackmail cases are on the rise. The victims are getting younger and the pandemic is partly to blame. People tend to know other persons through the internet and other social media platforms rather than going out to meet friends or something like that. Using social media or using the internet platform to know friends is not a big problem, but we do need to have more publication on the protection of themselves or protection of uh, internet users. Officers say mainland police have arrested 12 people, including the suspected mastermind of the syndicate in Ganjo since April, in connection with the case. 
Police say they've arrested a 28-year-old man for the suspected robbery of a homeless woman in Kowloon City last week. They said the victim lost valuables, including $16,000 in cash. Police are still seeking another suspect. Chan Chi Chu is an inspector of police. Police conducted a comprehensive intelligence analysis and investigation, including extensive CCTV tracing, so that police successfully unveiled the identities of the two culprits. And push operation was conducted, so one of the suspects was arrested by police in Mongkok area. And we also will conduct further investigation to arrest one of the escape path. That is the suspect that is not arrested by police at this moment. The 74-year-old victim had been collecting used cardboard for more than 10 years in Kowloon City. The government says people need to show a negative PCR test result apart from using the vaccine pass to visit a care home starting from Monday. The Social Welfare Department said it's updating the rules to protect elderly or disabled people living in the facilities. It said the PCR test must be done within 48 hours before the visit, but those visiting care homes for official reasons are exempt from the testing requirement. Vaccines against monkey... Monkeypox may be shipped to Hong Kong within this month as the government is finalising negotiations with a vaccine manufacturer. The World Health Organization declared monkeypox a global health emergency in late July. Hong Kong hasn't recorded any monkeypox human infection cases, but officials say they're well prepared, including arrangements for facilities to quarantine close contacts of monkeypox cases. Across the border, Sichuan has accounted for the most COVID-19 infections of all provinces as the lockdown in its capital entered a second day. Here's Priscilla Ng. Chengdu on Thursday announced it was locking down its 21 million residents for four days of citywide testing. Residents there were told to stay home and about 70% of flights in and out of the city were suspended. According to the latest figures from the National Health Commission, Sichuan province accounted for 128 of the 318 locally transmitted COVID-19 cases on the mainland that showed symptoms of the virus. Guangdong recorded 55, despite the closure of entertainment venues and markets in Shenzhen after cases were reported there. Mainland health authorities also announced 1,567 local asymptomatic infections across the mainland. There were no new deaths, keeping the tally steady at 5,226. To sports, and we start with tennis. Four women from China have reached the last 32 of a single Grand Slam event for the first time ever. As Vicky Wong reports, this comes at the US Open and follows hot on the heels of the first Chinese man to reach the third round at Flushing Meadows. Zheng Qinwen and Yuan Yue joined compatriots Wang Xiyu and Zhang Shuai in the last 32 at the US Open. Rising star Zheng held her nerve to defeat Russia's Anastasia Potapova in straight sets to set up a third-round clash with Germany's Yula Niemeyer. Her achievement was matched by qualifier Yuan in a hard-fought 6-3-7-6 victory over Romania's Irina Camelia Begu. Yuan now faces the American Jessica Pegula tomorrow for a place in the last 16. China also celebrated a US Open first yesterday when Wang Yibing advanced to the third round where he'll meet world number one Daniel Medvedev tomorrow. I'm happy that I'm the first guy to make it the history, but um, the more important is this uh, bring the, the hope to all the Chinese fans and, uh, and the, the kids so we can have more great players uh, in our country, which um, I think we should have a long time ago. 
Zheng Qinwen said after her overnight success that China's contingent at the US Open is feeding off the energy of each other's successes. Second seed Rafa Nadal is through to the third round in New York but needed four sets to get past Fabio Fognini. The men's third seed Carlos Alcaraz of Spain advanced in straight sets along with British seventh seed Cam Norrie. In the women's draw, world number one and French Open champion Igor Sviantec cruised into the last 32, needing just two sets to get past the 2017 champion Sloane Stephens. Victoria Azarenka from Belarus triumphed in a grudge match against Ukraine's Marta Kostyuk, 6-2, 6-3. Kostyuk had criticised Azarenka for a perceived failure to condemn Russia's war against Ukraine. Serena and Venus Williams's glittering doubles career was brought to an abrupt end at the US Open as the reunited sisters crashed out in the opening round against Czech duo Lucy Hadreka and Linda Noskova. It's almost certainly the last outing together for the Williams sisters in Grand Slam doubles. Manchester United have won three in a row to move up to fifth in the English Premier League. They beat Leicester City at the King Power Stadium thanks to the only goal of the match from Jadon Sancho. Here's United boss Eric Ten Hag. We defend with 11 and we attack with 11. And also there was a good fighting spirit on the pitch yeah, that brings us the score. It was uh, finally Jadon Sancho and I'm really happy for him. And he scored already, uh, many goals in pre-season. Now also uh, he scored against Liverpool, he scores today. And he put a lot of investment in the pre-season, now we see boards. United are now just six points behind leaders Arsenal and had significantly strengthened their squad by signing Brazilian winger Anthony from Ajax for a 94.6 million US dollars. They've also brought in goalkeeper Martin Dubravka from Newcastle. And for a look at what's in store for the English Premier League this weekend, here's the BBC's John Bennett. The Premier League weekend gets underway with a Merseyside derby. Liverpool are looking for their third successive win against an Everton side that is yet to pick up a victory this season. It's been a tough campaign so far for Everton, but they added former fans' favourite Idrissa Garnagay to their squad on transfer deadline day after he returned to the club from Paris Saint-Germain. Liverpool scored a 98th-minute winner against Newcastle on Wednesday night, four days after thrashing Bournemouth 9-0. Elsewhere, star striker Erling Haaland could score a third hat-trick in a row when Manchester City travelled to struggling Aston Villa. Haaland scored three against Crystal Palace, then repeated that feat against Nottingham Forest. Villa have lost their last three Premier League matches and their manager Steven Gerrard is under pressure. No such problems for the Arsenal manager Mikel Arteta. His side have a 100% record going into their away game against Manchester United. And Arsenal's North London rivals Tottenham have also had a promising start to the season, although after dropping points midweek against West Ham, they'll be trying to bounce back at home to Fulham. Meanwhile, after a shock defeat to Southampton on Tuesday, Chelsea host West Ham. The BBC's John Bennett. A reminder of our top story tonight, health officials deny that BioNTech vaccine jabs will not be available for toddlers in Hong Kong. The news from RTHK. Thank you. 
singing especially for Alex's missus in New York City, listening to us live. Thanks ever so much for tuning our way into our second hour in the final uh, format, final day of this format. Uh, news start on Monday. Don't move.